manager in New Mexico, head to Virginia, give it to an innkeeper, and never return. Well, we're going to discuss that today on Mysteries of Life. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. This is Mysteries of Life, the series that covers all the unknown, paranormal, and things that just make you go, huh? Today is definitely a huh moment, because anybody who finds this much treasure would be a little ridiculous to hand it over and never return. But that's exactly the uh, story behind the Beale ciphers. So the story goes that a man by the name of Thomas J. Beale apparently struck it rich in New Mexico, finding a load of gold, silver, and other precious jewels. However, instead of keeping it, he headed to Virginia, buried it somewhere in the mountains, supposedly, handed over three cryptic, uncodable sheets of paper to an innkeeper, and took off. <sighs> Excuse me. So why... Would somebody do that? Well, over the past 136 years, possibly more, because the article we're reading from was actually only a couple years ago, um, when it was when the story was originally published in a 50-set pamphlet titled "The Beale Papers Containing Authentic Statements Regarding the Treasure Buried in 1819 and 1821 Near Bufords in Bedford Country, County, Virginia, which has never been discovered." That's a really weird tagline for a story, but this was the story of the man who buried what apparently is almost $100 million today and just left. So, one reason that this mystery still attracts treasure hunters is that if the buried fortune exists, it would be that much money. And as journalist Buzz McLean wrote, uh, calculated back in 2020 article, but even if it's not there, the Beale ciphers, two of which remain unsolved, have continued to fascinate both amateur and professional cryptographers, those who deal in cracking code. Even people like the NSA have tried to work on these, obviously not taking away from the important stuff, but having, you know, they had some other people work on uh, some of these reports, try to figure it out. From 1970 to 1996, so a matter of like almost 30 years, the Beale Cipher Association composed of people who were paid $25 annual fee for the privilege of receiving a quarterly newsletter that attend, allows them to attend seminars, symposiums, and others to discuss more about the mystery. Um, <clears throat> author Jenny Kyle, who has authored the book Introduction to Code and Ciphers, plus 20 famous unsolved code ciphers and mysterious writings, added to this that although some have slammed the door and called it all a hoax, because the story has some inconsistencies and questionable actions, the door never seems slightly shut all the way. That is because, as any good mystery goes, even if it is fake, it's not fully proven. Uh, she continued by saying that these unanswered details seem to always keep the door slightly open, and no matter how hard you try to slam it, it's amazing how a story cannot be conclusively determined true or false, even with all the work behind it. So let's give you a little bit more of the story on it. So in 1850, or the story that was laid out. So reporter 
for a newspaper man named J.B. Ward started this article. And in 1920, a Virginian named Robert Morris, who, oper who operated a hotel in Lynchburg, Virginia, became acquainted with long-term guest Thomas J. Beale, who he described as an anonymous, anonymous author, as about six feet tall, jet black eyes and hair, and more, longer, and more and longer than it was the style at that time. Beale registered simply as being from Virginia, more exactly in the state, he never said, and he never said anything about his family or much of anything about himself at all. He left the hotel in 1821 with a group of friends and returned the following January, this time only staying for a couple months. Before departing, he gave uh, Morris a box for safekeeping, which he said contained papers of value and importance. That was an understatement. In a letter that he left behind, Beale explained that he and companions had ventured west to New Mexico in the late 1810s on a hunting expedition, and while there, discovered a gold mine. The men abandoned their recreation and worked the mine, extracting a fortune in gold, as well as silver and other things. The group wasn't sure exactly what to do with it, but eventually they entrusted it to Beale, who traveled back, buried it in a cave near a tavern in Bedford County, which all of us had visited and which was considered a perfectly safe depository. Beale and friends later returned and then moved the treasure to a different location. The group also instructed Beale to give some perfectly reliable person instructions on how to find, in the event that they all died during their adventure, their families could get the fortune. Well, the first of the three was, well, actually all three, were a series of numbers in any particular or no particular order to the normal person. He left these three along with some other stuff. Um, and after, when he um, arrived in his Lucretia, St. Louis, he in, um, instructing the uh, innkeeper after 10 years uh, that he could open the box. Beale, of course, never came back. Uh, the innkeeper supposed that he had, he was killed by um, by someone or just or just died. Nobody heard from him after. For reasons unexplained, Morris didn't break the lock and open the box until 23 years later in 1845. But it didn't contain a map or simple instructions. It contained the papers. The pamphlet mysterious author figured out that one of the sheets was a code on the Declaration of Independence and deciphered it. It was a message describing the fortune. 2,921 pounds of gold, 5,100 pounds of silver, and a quantity of jewels that had been obtained in exchange for some of the silver. The treasure was packed in iron pots with lids and buried in a stone-lined vault, but the exact location was on the other page in a message that still wasn't able to be solved. And on the third page, it listed the relatives' names and addresses of Beale and the other men who found it in the hope that those who could crack it and find it would send the riches to their family. A video game developer named Alonka Dunnan, who was also a writer and cryptographer, and a friend of hers named Klaus Schmeck, uh, co-authors of the book Codebreaking, studied the Beale ciphers in detail, even traveling to Bedford to scrutinize the area and found the former site of Buford's Tavern where Beale supposedly buried the riches. <laughs> Excuse me. Aside from the basic implausibility of the story, Dunn explains there are plenty of clues that indicate the treasure is a hoax. The only source we have is a pamphlet, and in that pamphlet, the words, the notes are a bit sketchy. <clears throat> 
Excuse me, guys, almost choked. Um, in addition, uh, the original letters uh, to Morris and Beale were conveniently lost, so no one except the anonymous author got a chance to examine them. Um, however, <coughs> excuse me, all the text seemed to be written by one person. And in the code that was broken, Schmidt notes that there were slightly different versions of the Declaration of Independence. As the basis for one of the ciphers, Beale used a rare or unique version. Bizarrely, the person who 60 years later solved it just happened to have the exact same version. Seems a little unlikely, right? But because there's treasure involved, because people like to hunt, the Beale ciphers continue to fascinate us. And they will continue to as well. Now, fun little fact here, an Edgar Allan Poe story called The Gold Bug centers around a cipher, prided himself on the skill as a cryptographer, and in 1840 wrote a magazine article, which he offered a subscription to any reader who could send him the coded message that he couldn't. He claimed to have solved 100 of them in a six-month period, according to a 2000 Scientific American article. So this thing went pretty far out. Now, as we do, we're going to give our thoughts on it. A, is it possible that somebody buried secret treasure somewhere in the hopes to have their family find it later or at least get a hold of it? Yeah, happens all the time. Way back in the, in, in the time in the West or the East, um, cowboys, um, even those who were stealing from the banks or just treasure hunters didn't want people to get their hands on any of the treasure. So they conveniently lost it or hid it without any way of finding it except with some of these codes. Number two, is this particular cipher the link to treasure? Well, this is kind of a yes and a no answer. If it's true and we go with the first one that it was based off of how much is in there, cool, we broke down one of three ciphers. Considering we haven't done the rest, proves that we have yet to know if it's true or not. We can't say until somebody deciphers two and three of the codes. And number three, is this entire story a hoax? Well, it's possible. But again, without deciphering all three, we will never know for sure. As, as mentioned, people like the NSA and other amateur cryptographers and professional cryptographers work on this to this day to figure it out. One of these days, we will get the answer. And if it's true that there is that much treasure out there, well, Whoever's lucky enough to find it, hopefully you give it to the family who deserves it. All right, guys, thanks for watching. And as always, we appreciate your support. Stay curious. We're back with more mysteries later today. Bye, guys.